Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 3, Texts 26 through 35. Text 26 O Brahmins, the incarnations of the Lord are innumerable, like rivulets flowing from inexhaustible sources of water. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda The list of incarnations of the Personality of Godhead given herein is not complete. It is only a partial view of all the incarnations. There are many others, such as Srihayagriva, Hadi, Hamsa, Krishnagarbha, Vibhu, Satyasena, Vaikuntha, Sarvabhoma, Vikswakshena, Dharmasetu, Sudam, Yogesvara, Rihatpanu, and others of the bygone ages. Sri Prahlad Maharaj said in his prayer, My Lord, you manifest as many incarnations as there are species of life, namely the aquatics, the vegetables, the reptiles, the birds, the beasts, the men, the demigods, etc., just for the maintenance of the faithful and the annihilation of the unfaithful. You advent yourself in this way in accordance with the necessity of different yugas. In Kali Yuga, you have incarnated garbed as a devotee. This incarnation of the Lord in the Kali Yuga is Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are many other places, both in the Bhagavatam and in other scriptures, in which the incarnation of the Lord as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is explicitly mentioned. In the Brahma Samhita also, it is said indirectly that although there are many incarnations of the Lord, such as Ram, Nishringha, Varaha, Matsya, Korma, and many others, the Lord himself sometimes incarnates in person. Lord Krishna and Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are not, therefore, incarnations, but the original source of all the other incarnations. This will be clearly explained in the next shloka. So the Lord is the inexhaustible source of innumerable incarnations, which are not always mentioned. But such incarnations are distinguished by specific, extraordinary feats, which are impossible to be performed by any living being. That is the general test to identify an incarnation of the Lord, directly and indirectly empowered. Some incarnations mentioned above are almost plenary portions. For instance, the Kumaras are empowered with transcendental knowledge. Sri Narada is empowered with devotional service. Maharaj Prithu is an empowered incarnation with executive function. 
the Matsya incarnation is directly a plenary portion. So the innumerable incarnations of the Lord are manifested all over the universes constantly, without cessation, as water flows constantly from waterfalls. Text 27. All the rishis, manus, demigods, and descendants of Manu, who are especially powerful, are plenary portions or portions of the plenary portions of the Lord. This also includes the Prajapatis. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Those who are comparatively less powerful are called vibhuti, and those who are comparatively more powerful are called avesha incarnations. Text 28. Etechamsa kalapumsa kushnas tu bhagavan svayam indrari vyakulam lokam mirdayanti Yuge, yuge. All of the above-mentioned incarnations are either plenary portions or portions of the plenary portions of the Lord. But Lord Sri Krishna is the original personality of Godhead. All of them appear on the planets whenever there is a disturbance created by the atheists. The Lord incarnates to protect the theists. Report by Srila Prabhupada. In this particular stanza, Lord Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, is distinguished from other incarnations. He is counted amongst the avatars or incarnations because out of his causeless mercy, the Lord descends from his transcendental abode. Avatar means one who descends. All the incarnations of the Lord, including the Lord himself, descend to the different planets in the material world, as also in different species of life, to fulfill particular missions. Sometimes he comes himself, and sometimes his different plenary portions, or parts of the plenary portions, or his differentiated portions, directly or indirectly empowered by him, descend to this material world to execute certain specific functions. Originally, the Lord is full of all opulences, all prowess, all fame, all beauty, all knowledge, and all renunciation. When they are partly manifested through the plenary portions or parts of the plenary portions, it should be noted that certain manifestations of his different powers are required for those particular functions. When in the room, small electric bulbs are displayed, it does not mean that the electric powerhouse is limited by the small bulbs. The same powerhouse can supply power to operate large-scale industrial dynamos with greater volts. Similarly, the incarnations of the Lord display limited powers because so much power is needed at that particular time. For example, 
Lord Parasaram and Lord Nishringa displayed unusual opulence by killing the disobedient Shatrus 21 times and killing the greatly powerful atheist Hiranyakasipu. Hiranyakasipu was so powerful that even the demigods in other planets would tremble simply by the unfavorable raising of his eyebrow. The demigods in the higher level of material existence many, many times excel those well-to-do human beings in the duration of life, beauty, wealth, paraphernalia, and other respects. Still, they were afraid of Haranyakasipu. Thus, we can simply imagine how powerful Haranyakasipu was in this material world. But even Haranyakasipu was cut into small pieces by the nails of Lord Nishringha. This means that anyone materially powerful cannot stand the strength of the Lord's nails. Similarly, Jamadagna displayed the Lord's power to kill the disobedient kings powerfully situated in their respective states. The Lord's empowered incarnation Narada and plenary incarnation Varaha, as well as indirectly empowered Lord Buddha, created faith in the mass of people. The incarnations of Ram and Danvantari displayed his fame, and Balaram, Mohini, and Vamana exhibited his beauty. Dattatreya, Matsya, Komara, and Kapila exhibited his transcendental knowledge. Narada and Narayan Rishi exhibited his renunciation. So, all of the different indirectly or directly empowered incarnations of the Lord manifested different features. But Lord Krishna, the primeval Lord, exhibited the complete features of Godhead, and thus it is confirmed that he is the source of all other incarnations. And the most extraordinary feature exhibited by Lord Sri Krishna was the internal energetic manifestation of his pastimes with the cowherd girls. His pastimes with the gopis are all displays of transcendental existence, bliss, and knowledge, although these manifested apparently as sex love. The specific attraction of his pastimes with the gopis should never be misunderstood. The Bhagavatam relates these transcendental pastimes in the tenth canto. And in order to reach that position, to understand the transcendental nature of Lord Krishna's pastimes with the gopis, the Bhagavatam promotes the student gradually in nine other cantos. According to Srila Jiva Goswami's statement, in accordance with authoritative sources, Lord Krishna is the source of all other incarnations. It is not that Lord Krishna has any source of incarnation. All the symptoms of the Supreme Truth, in full, are present in the person of Lord Sri Krishna. And in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord emphatically declares that there is no truth greater than or equal to himself. In this stanza, the word Swayam is particularly mentioned to confirm that Lord Krishna has no other source than himself. Although in other places the incarnations are described as Bhagavan because of their specific functions, nowhere 
are they declared to be the Supreme Personality. In this stanza, the word Swayam signifies the supremacy as the Sumum Bonum. The Sumum Bonum, Krishna, is one, without a second. He himself has expanded himself into various parts, portions, and particles, as Swayam Rupa, Swayam Prakash, Tad Ekatma, Prabhava, Vaibhava, Vilas, Avatar, Avesha, and Jivas, all provided with innumerable energies just suitable to the respective persons and personalities. Learned scholars in transcendental subjects have carefully analyzed the Summam Bonam Krishna to have 64 principal attributes. All these expansions or categories of the Lord possess only some percentages of these attributes. But Sri Krishna is the possessor of the attributes sent percent, and his personal expansions, such as Swayam Prakash and Tad Ekatma, up to the categories of the avatars, or all Vishnu Tattva, possess up to 93% of these transcendental attributes. Lord Shiva, who is neither avatar nor a Vesh, nor in between them, possesses almost 84% of the attributes. But the jivas, or the individual living beings in different statuses of life, possess up to the limit of 78% of these attributes. In the conditioned state of material existence, the living beings possess these attributes in very minute quantity, varying in terms of the pious life of the living being. The most perfect of the living beings is Brahma, the supreme administrator of one universe. He possesses 78% of the attributes in full. All the other demigods have the same attributes in less quantity, whereas human beings possess the attributes in a very minute quantity. The standard of perfection for a human being is to develop the attributes up to 78% in full. The living being can never possess attributes like Shiva, Vishnu, or Lord Krishna. A living being can become godly by developing the 78% transcendental attributes in fullness, but he can never become a god like Shiva, Vishnu, or Krishna. He can become Brahma in due course. The godly living beings who are all residents of the planets in the spiritual sky are eternal associates of God in different spiritual planets called Haridam and Maheshdam. The abode of Lord Krishna above all spiritual planets is called Krishna Loka or Goloka Vrindavan, and the perfected living being by developing 78% of these above-mentioned attributes in fullness, can enter the planet of Krishna-loka after leaving the present material body. The following is an abridged commentary on Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam 1.3.28 by Śrīla Viswanath Chakrabarti Thakur. Because the font used in the printed version of this commentary does not translate well into our course materials, we offer only this audio version. 
Commentary Are all these avatars equal, or are they graded? This verse answers. Those avatars previously described, and those not described, are amsas, matsya, korma, etc., and some of whom are kala, komaras, narada, etc., of the first purusha described, Mahavishnu. The Kumaras and Narada are invested with the Shakti of Gyan and Bhakti. Pritu and others are invested with Kriya Shakti, action. Some are invested with great powers and others with little power. Included in the first type with great powers are the Kumaras and Narada. They are called avatars. Others with less power, such as Marichi and the Manus, are called Vibhutis. But he who is called the twentieth avatar, Krishna, is Bhagavan, not an Amsa. Nor is he an Amsa Purusha avatar. He is Bhagavan. The avatari, Bhagavan, is the source of the Purusha which was previously stated in 131. Thus, Bhagavan is different from the Purusha. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam means that Krishna, the subject of this verse, fulfills completely the qualities inherent in Bhagavan, the predicate. It does not mean that Krishna is another form of Bhagavan. Thus, it means that Krishna alone is Bhagavan, the basis of every other form. This is made clear by the word svayam. This means that Krishna is superior to the Purusha avatar called Bhagavan and even to the Mahanarayan. But Krishna is counted amongst the avatars because he appears in Mathura and other places situated on the earth planet, performs pastimes like a human, shows mercy to the people of the material world, and appears and disappears. Ete chamsa kalapumsa, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, is a Paribhasa Sutra, which supplies a general definition for the whole work. This sutra appears once in the work and is not continually repeated. Though there are millions of statements in the scripture, this sutra controls them all, like a king. Thus, statements which contradict this sutra must be explained so that they can agree with the sutra. That is because these contrary statements are weak, since they belong to secondary subjects in the work, and because the sutra's statement is strong, being supported by Shruti. Thus, these statements should be harmonized with the sutra by giving them another meaning, according to Sanskrit grammatical rules. Thus, wherever avatars are described in the Srimad Bhagavatam, others should be known as expansions of the Purusha avatar, but Krishna should be known as Swayam Bhagavan. Though the Amsa forms are perfect and complete, they are called Amsa because they display only various degree of the Lord's qualities, 
such as sweetness, power, and mercy. According to the particular goal, lesser powers are shown in the forms known as amsa. Real completeness means fully displaying all the powers in full. This takes place in the amsi, the source of all amsas. Thus, differences between different forms because of the display of complete or partial features has been experienced by the great realized devotees. There is nothing contradictory if there are differences between the umsi and the umsa, since the Lord is spiritual substance. This verse mentions the goal common to all avatars. The avatars create happiness in the world whenever, yuge yuge, it is afflicted by the demons and their ideas. Text 29 Whoever carefully recites the mysterious appearances of the Lord with devotion in the morning and in the evening gets relief from all miseries of life. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda In the Bhagavad Gita, the Personality of Godhead has declared that anyone who knows the principles of the transcendental birth and activities of the Lord, will go back to Godhead after being relieved from this material tabernacle. So simply knowing factually the mysterious way of the Lord's incarnation in this material world can liberate one from material bondage. Therefore, the birth and activities of the Lord, as manifested by him for the welfare of the people in general, are not ordinary. They are mysterious and only by those who carefully try to go deep into the matter by spiritual devotion is the mystery discovered. Thus one gets liberation from material bondage. It is advised, therefore, that one who simply recites this chapter of Bhagavatam, describing the appearance of the Lord in different incarnations, in sincerity and devotion, can have insight into the birth and activities of the Lord. The very word vimukti, or liberation, indicates that the Lord's birth and activities are all transcendental. Otherwise, simply by reciting them, one could not attain liberation. They are therefore mysterious, and those who do not follow the prescribed regulations of devotional service are not entitled to enter into the mysteries of his birth and activities. Text 30. The conception of the Virat universal form of the Lord as appearing in the material world is imaginary. It is to enable the less intelligent and neophytes to adjust to the idea of the Lord's having form. But factually, the Lord has no material form. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The conception of the Lord known as the Vishvarupa or Virat Rupa 
is particularly not mentioned along with the various incarnations of the Lord, because all the incarnations of the Lord mentioned above are transcendental, and there is not a tinge of materialism in their bodies. There is no difference between the body and self, as there is in the conditioned soul. The Virat Rupa is conceived for those who are just neophyte worshippers. For them, the material Virat Rupa is presented, and it will be explained in the second canto. In the Virat Rupa, the material manifestations of different planets have been conceived as his legs, hands, etc. Actually, all such descriptions are for the neophytes. The neophytes cannot conceive of anything beyond matter. The material conception of the Lord is not counted in the list of his actual forms. As Paramatma, or Supersoul, the Lord is within each and every material form, even within the atoms. But the outward material form is but an imagination, both for the Lord and for the living being. The present forms of the conditioned souls are also not factual. The conclusion is that the material conception of the body of the Lord, as Virat, is imaginary. Both the Lord and the living beings are living spirits and have original spiritual bodies. Text 31. Clouds and dust are carried by the air, but less intelligent persons say that the sky is cloudy and the air is dirty. Similarly, they also implant material bodily conceptions on the spirit self. Report by Srila Prabhupada. It is further confirmed herein that with our material eyes and senses we cannot see the Lord, who is all spirit. We cannot even detect the spiritual spark which exists within the material body of the living being. We look to the outward covering of the body, or subtle mind of the living being, but we cannot see the spiritual spark within the body. So we have to accept the living being's presence by the presence of his gross body. Similarly, those who want to see the Lord with their present material eyes or with the material senses are advised to meditate on that gigantic external feature called the Virat Rupa. For instance, when a particular gentleman goes into his car, which can be seen very easily, we identify the car with the man within the car. When the president goes out in his particular car, we say, there is the president. For the time being, we identify the car with the president. Similarly, less intelligent men who want to see God immediately, without necessary qualification, are shown first the gigantic material cosmos as the form of the Lord, although the Lord is within and without. The clouds in the sky and the blue of the sky are better appreciated in this connection. Although the bluish tint of the sky and the sky itself are different, we conceive of the color of the sky as blue, but that is a general conception for the layman only. Text 
Text 32. Beyond this gross conception of form is another subtle conception of form, which is without formal shape and is unseen, unheard, and unmanifest. The living being has his form beyond this subtlety. Otherwise, he could not have repeated births. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. As the gross material manifestation is conceived as the gigantic body of the Lord, so also there is a conception of his subtle form, which is simply realized without being seen, heard, or manifested. But in fact, all these gross or subtle conceptions of the body are in relation with the living beings. The living being has his spiritual form beyond this gross material or subtle psychic existence. The gross body and the psychic functions cease to act as soon as the living being leaves his visible gross body. In fact, we say that the living being has gone away because he is unseen and unheard. Even when the gross body is not acting, when the living being is sound asleep, we know that he is within the body by his breathing. So the living being's passing away from the body does not mean that there is no existence of the living soul. It is there. Otherwise, how can he repeat his births again and again? The conclusion is that the Lord is eternally existent in his transcendental form, which is neither gross nor subtle like that of the living being. His body is never to be compared to the gross or subtle bodies of the living being. All such conception of God's body are imaginary. The living being has his eternal spiritual form, which is conditioned only by his material contamination. Text 33. Whenever a person experiences, by self-realization, that both the gross and subtle bodies have nothing to do with the pure self, at that time he sees himself as well as the Lord. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda The difference between self-realization and material illusion is to know that the temporary or illusory impositions of material energy in the shape of the gross and subtle bodies are superficial coverings of the self. The coverings take place due to ignorance. Such coverings are never effective in the person of the personality of Godhead. Knowing this convincingly is called liberation or seeing the absolute. This means that perfect self-realization is made possible by adoption of godly or spiritual life. Self-realization means becoming indifferent to the needs of the gross and subtle bodies and becoming serious about the activities of the self. The impetus for activities is generated from the self, but such activities become illusory due to ignorance of the real position of the self. By ignorance, 
self-interest is calculated in terms of gross and subtle bodies, and therefore a whole set of activities is spoiled, life after life. When, however, one meets the self by proper culture, the activities of the self begin. Therefore, a man who is engaged in the activities of the self is called jivan mukta, or a liberated person even in the conditioned existence. The perfect stage of self-realization is attained not by artificial means, but under the lotus feet of the Lord, who is always transcendental. In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that he is present in everyone's heart, and from him only all knowledge, remembrance, or forgetfulness take place. When the living being desires to be an enjoyer of the material energy, illusory phenomena, the Lord covers the living being in the mystery of forgetfulness, and thus the living being misinterprets the gross body and subtle mind to be his own self. And by culture of transcendental knowledge, when the living being prays to the Lord for deliverance from the clutches of forgetfulness, the Lord, by his causeless mercy, removes the living being's illusory curtain, and thus he realizes his own self. He then engages himself in service of the Lord in his eternal constitutional position, becoming liberated from the conditioned life. All this is executed by the Lord, either through his external potency or directly by the internal potency. Text 34. If the illusory energy subsides and the living entity becomes fully enriched with knowledge by the grace of the Lord, then he becomes at once enlightened with self-realization and thus becomes situated in his own glory. Report by Srila Prabhupada. Because the Lord is absolute transcendence, all of his forms, names, pastimes, attributes, associates, and energies are identical with him. His transcendental energy acts according to his omnipotency. The same energy acts as his external, internal, or marginal energies. And by his omnipotency, he can perform anything and everything through the agency of any of the above energies. He can turn the external energy into internal, by his will. Therefore, by his grace, the external energy, which is employed in illusioning those living beings who want to have it, subsides by the will of the Lord in terms of the repentance and penance for the conditioned soul. And that very same energy then acts to help the purified living being make progress on the path of self-realization. The example of the electrical energy is very appropriate in this connection. The expert electrician can utilize the electrical energy both for heating and cooling by adjustment only. Similarly, the external energy, which now bewilders the living being into continuation of birth and death, is turned into internal potency by the will of the Lord to lead the living being 
to eternal life. Similarly, the external energy, which now bewilders the living being into the continuation of birth and death, is turned into internal potency by the will of the Lord to lead the living being to eternal life. When a living being is thus graced by the Lord, he is placed in his proper constitutional position to enjoy eternal spiritual life. Text 35. Thus, learned men describe the births and activities of the unborn and inactive, which is undiscoverable even in the Vedic literatures. He is the Lord of the heart. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Both the Lord and the living entities are essentially spiritual. Therefore, both of them are eternal, and neither of them has birth or death. The difference is that the so-called births and disappearances of the Lord are unlike those of the living beings. The living beings who take birth and then again accept death are bound by the laws of material nature. But the so-called appearance and disappearance of the Lord are not actions of material nature but are demonstrations of the internal potency of the Lord. They are described by the great sages for the purpose of self-realization. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita by the Lord that his so-called birth in the material world and his activities are all transcendental. And simply by meditation on such activities, one can attain realization of Brahman and thus become liberated from material bondage. In the Shrutis, it is said that the birthless appears to take birth. The Supreme has nothing to do, but because he is omnipotent, everything is performed by him naturally, as if done automatically. As a matter of fact, the appearance and disappearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his different activities are all confidential, even to the Vedic literatures. Yet they are displayed by the Lord to bestow mercy upon the conditioned souls. We should always take advantage of the narrations of the activities of the Lord, which are meditations on Brahman in the most convenient and palatable form. So, in the Bhagavatam it is stated that the avatars are constantly coming, just like the waves of the ocean or waves of the river, you cannot count them. Only the most important avatars are counted and we offer our prayers just like Massa avatar, Kurma avatar, Varaha avatar, Nishinga avatar, Bhamana avatar, then Parashurama avatar, Lord Ramchandra avatar, Balaram avatar, Buddha avatar. Buddha is also one of the incarnation. Keshavadhita buddha sarira jaya jagadishare. Srila Jayadev Goswami has offered his prayer to the ten avatar, principal avatar, 
केशवदितमीन शरीर जय जगदीश हरे प्रलय पयधिजले धित मानसी वेदम विहित वहित चरित्रमेदम केशवधितमीन शरीर जय जगदीश हरे सिमिलरली टॉटॉइज अवतार कूर्मा अवतार बड़ा अवतार निशिंग दे तब कर कमल वरे नकर मद्भुत सिंगम दरित हिरण्य कशिपुत अनुभृंगम केशवधिता नरहरि रूप जय जगदीश हरे सिमिलरली बावन अवतार ओरिजिन ऑफ ऑल दिस अवतार इज संकर्ष दिस संकर्ष अद्वैत अच्युत अनादि अनंत रूपम आद्यम पुराण पुरुषम नवजो कृष्ण इज आद्यम पुराण पुरुष ओरिजिन अहम सर्वस्व प्रभव भगवदगीता विषय अहम सर्वस्व प्रभव ऑल द अवतार Krishna is avatari, the source of all avatars. There are ananta, unlimited number of incarnations constantly coming, like the waves of the river or the sea. But the original person is Krishna. So Krishna says, confirms it. That aham sarvasya prabhava matta sarvam prabhati. All avatar, everything is all emanation from me. So iti matya bhajante maang buddha bhava samanyate. So if we simply worship Krishna, Krishna also demands that maam ekam, then all the avatars, all the demigods, everything, Is worshipped. Jatha taron mula nisechane na tirpanti tasand bhujupushaatha prano paharaatra jatendriya na tatha sarvahanam achutaijja achutaijja achutaij Krishna by worshiping Krishna you can worship all the incarnations, all the demigods. The example is given just like watering the root of the tree. You can pour water to the branches, to the twigs, to the flowers, to the fruits, or by supplying food to the stomach. You can energize all the different parts, limbs of the body. Similarly, Krishna says, "Mama, kang sarang raja." By simply surrendering to Krishna, your obligation to all other incarnations, demigods, is fulfilled. It is not possible to worship all the incarnations, all the demigods, all the parts and limbs and parts of the body of the Krishna. But simply by surrendering to Him, the origin of Sankarshan. Uh, you can worship everyone, and it is very easy. It is not very difficult. Krishna is so kind uh, that he can accept the surrendering and service even of the poorest of the poor. Uh, 
If you want to become devotee of God, Krishna, no material things can check. Ahituki Apratihata means without any impediment. Any condition of life. Tiyavishasatashuddha sti Papujuna Sivijanti Paranat. Krishna is open for everyone. Everyone can worship. Krishna is not monopolized by any section or any religion or any nation, any country. No. Krishna claims Sarvajon you should count your Sambhavanti Murtaya. All the species of life, as many forms of life are there, Krishna claims, Aham Bhijapadapita, I am the original seed-giving power. So Krishna is open for everyone. And by worshiping Krishna, you worship everything. If you have got a mentality, to worship different demigods, different incarnation. Uh, that is not possible. Uh, therefore you can concentrate. Sarvahanam Achyutaja. By worshiping Krishna, everyone is worshipped. Uh, you have no more obligation. Actually you have got obligation, so many obligations. All the demigods, they are supplying different energies. And we are maintained by that energy. Every part of our body is controlled by some particular demigod. Even the eyelids, the twinkling of the eyelids, that is also being controlled. We are supremely under control. So therefore we have got certain obligation. Just now we are controlled by the government. So we have got some obligation also to pay tax to the government. Income tax. So similarly, we have got obligation to the devotas, the demigods, the rishis, the saintly, sages, because we are receiving knowledge from them. Just like Vyasadeva, he has given us this Srimad Bhagavatam. We are reading, we are getting knowledge, we are perfect knowledge. Then we are obliged to our surrounding living entities, neighbors, countrymen and others, the animals also. We are taking service from the animals. The cow is giving milk. The camel is carrying our load. The ass is carrying our load. So many animals. General people in general, we are obliged. So obligation there are so many. Devarsi Bhutatu Nirang, Pitrinang, Pitris, our forefathers, the dynasty of the family in which I have taken birth. So Vedic injunction is that you are obliged to so many living entities and you have to satisfy them. Just like you are obliged to the government for supplying so many amenities and you have to pay tax just to Fulfill your obligation. If you don't pay tax, then you are liable to criminality. Similarly, we are receiving so many benefits from the Indra, Chandra. We are getting rains from Indra, the moonshine from the Chandra, 
or the moon god, as the sun shine from the sun god, these are essential things, heat and light. So we are obliged, suddenly. But if you take shelter of Krishna, then you are free from all of the beings. Krishna says, Ahankvasarvapatibhamukhusha. If you don't pay tax, then you are liable to be punished. That is papa. Uh, similarly, we are obliged to so many uh, living entities, demigods, saintly persons. Uh, certainly we are obliged by receiving so much benefit from them. Uh, but if we surrender to Krishna, saranam saranyam tato mukundam saranam saranam mukundam parihutta kartam giving aside all other duties, if you simply surrender to Krishna, then we are no more obliged. We are indebted and we must give service to all of them. But if you surrender to Mukunda, Devarsi Bhutatva Ninam Pitrina, Nayam king, nayam king kara jini charajan sarvatmanaja saranam saranam gato mukundam parivuttu kattam. Uh, you have got so many obligations, but if we surrender to Krishna, Krishna, another name is mukunda. Uh, gato mukunda. Saranam parivuttu kattam. Gato saranam saranam mukunda. Mukunda, muk means mukti. Liberation. Ananda. After liberation you become Anandamaya Vyasa. Their original Ananda is your feature of jubilation. Anandamaya Vyasa. We are by nature Anandamaya. Not only Krishna, God, but we being part and parcel. The Ananda is not self-centered. Krishna, when he takes Ananda, Alladini Shakti, uh, when he dances with the gopis, when he plays with the coward boys, when he plays as the child of Jasadama, Jasadamai, and in every way, Krishna is Anandamaya Vyasa. Uh, so to take this Ananda, to enjoy this Ananda, he has expanded himself in so many forms. And the Shamsa are the incarnation, and the Bivin Langsa we are, Jeevas. Uh, so to become really Anandama, uh, Krishna has ekab bahushyama, he has become many. Uh, so don't try to close up this business. One. That is not very good intelligence. The Mahamadi philosopher, they want to become one. One means you agree to the Supreme. That is one. Uh, just like we are conducting this international society, we have got many workers, many disciples, but we are one. One means they are carrying their spiritual master's order. Uh, therefore they are one. One means one in agreement, not that they have become amalgamated, no more individuality. Individuality is there, always. 
but they are one. Krishna and Krishna's devotees. The devotees are simply trying to satisfy Krishna, and Krishna is trying to maintain his devotees. This is one. Not that we lose our individuality. Without individuality, there is no anand. If we are sitting together, the oneness is the process of service. That's all. But there are joking, there are cutting jokes, there are some varieties of food. That is ānanda. Varieties are there. That is ānanda. But they are for one purpose, satisfaction of Krishna. That is oneness. Not that we have become amalgamated. Amalgamation, we are amalgamated in, in one purpose. But not that the, it cannot be, because we are and separated energy, eternally. Mami mamsa jiva bhuta jiva loka sanatana. Sanatana. Sanatana means eternal. It is not that by chance we have become separated individuals. No. This word is used, sanatana. Sanatana means eternally. Eternally we are separated energy. That is the beginning of samkarsana. Sankarsana karana tuyasai, that Sankarsana, before this material creation, he lies down in the karana ocean, karana tuyasai. Then, jasaika nishasita karana thavaramma, he is lying in the karana ocean in the sleeping mode. And then from his breathing, innumerable universes are coming out. That is the origin of material creation. Just say Kanishasita Kalamatha Brahma. So from spiritual existence, how material existence come into being, that is being explained in the Sankha philosophy. Everywhere the purusha, parasam, purusam, or the enjoyer, purusam, sasatam, purusam, the Lord is purusha, personality. He is not impersonal. And his energies are prakriti. The prakriti purusha is there. That is, the spiritual world, that is also paraprakriti, and this material world is aparaprakriti, that the purusha is always there, purusha is always purusha. And we are marginal prakriti, we are also prakriti. So ekala ishara krishna. So only one purusha, ishara, enjoyer, controller is krishna. Ekala ishara krishna. All others, even incarnations, even demigods, we are, we are all servant of Krishna. And what to speak of ourselves, even the expansion of Krishna, Vishnu Tattva, they are also serving Krishna. Krishna is so exalted. Therefore, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Matta Paratanam Dhanna. 
uh, even the incarnation, Vishnu, Lord Shiva, demigods and others, nobody is greater than Krishna. Asamardha, asamar, nobody is equal to him, nobody is greater than him. Everyone is lower than him. Therefore, he is described in the Chaitanya Chaitamrita, Ekala Ishar Krishna Arsabhritta. Jare jaiche na chayase taiche kare nritta. By the uh, desire of Krishna, uh, we are playing different parts, uh, but Krishna is the original master and he is also origin of the Sankarsan and Sankarsan origin is of the Purushavatar Mahavishnu and Mahavishnu is the avatar, is the origin of this universes. In this way, uh, if you try to find out the original cause, the cause of all causes, then you come to Krishna. Sarvakarana uh, karanam. Cause of all causes. No, that's not it. Yes, 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 yes,